In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is not taking a loss. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I was in college, I spent a lot of my summers working for a guy that I lovingly refer to as a slumlord. He was a guy, he owned a bunch of property in a bunch of really sketchy neighborhoods. And uh, one of the things that early on I really didn't understand about his business model was that he would rent out apartments to people who he would consistently later on complain about them not being able to pay the rent. And and I started going, you know, um, there's probably a way to screen these people better so that that doesn't happen. But it turns out that that was actually a part of his strategy. That a part of his strategy was actually to quote-unquote take a loss. And that he was going to be taking a loss on the rent for these buildings. And he was going to be able to claim that in his taxes. And somehow, through some magical tax law, he actually came out ahead on a regular basis because he was taking all of these losses. And so uh, when we, we start thinking about what it is for us to take a loss, I think sometimes we start thinking about taking a loss in, in a way that, that we start going, well, maybe if I lose here, I win over here. And, and I think that maybe should cause us a little bit of trepidation when we're thinking about God. You know, is God willing to take a loss on us? Is kind of the, the big question. Is God willing to say, well, uh, that person, I'm willing to let them go. And somehow I'll, you know, get a refund back on uh, my, my divine taxes somehow. And it, it's okay if they go. And a part of us goes, well, of course, God would never be like that, right? Except for the fact that we've figured out how to do that. And so if we figure out, okay, um, this is how I use a loss to my advantage, surely God has figured that out millennia ago, which should maybe cause us a, a little bit of, oh, could God just be kind of like, well, I'm all right, taking that loss. There, there's a show out there right now uh, that, that uh, kind of talks about God in a th- sort of mythological way. It's not the God of the Bible, even though um, sometimes that God looks a lot like the God of the Bible. And um, the show is called Supernatural. Um, so, some of you have watched it. Um, and and uh, one of the things about the show that uh, came out rather recently is that uh, God is c- kind of willing to take a loss of a world. So, so the, the concept is that God has other universes, other worlds out there that we don't know about. We, you know, NASA hasn't gotten that far yet or whatever. And uh, the, these things exist, but they exist without God because essentially God created those worlds, but he got kind of bored with them. Or they started acting up. Or they started to do any of the things that people do in our lives that cause us to write them off. And he just said, fine. I'm done. And leaves them up to themselves. And starts a whole new world. 
That's a frightening concept. Thankfully, it's not a scriptural concept. That has entirely to do with the cosmology that the people who created Supernatural developed, not the cosmology of the God of the universe. And part of the proof of that is this parable. This parable where, it's actually three parables. We don't get the last one because the last one is A, long, and uh, B is used in Lent all the time. It's the, the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Uh, but here we get two of the three, which is pretty good. We get the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And here we get this understanding of God's cosmology in a way that shows us that there is something there that we can rely on. That God is the kind of God who has self-revealed himself to be the person who will leave 99 sheep in the sheepfold and go search after the one. That God is the kind of God and even that Heaven is the kind of heaven that will rejoice over a measly drachma. That's the unit of coin that is being talked about in this lesson. And it's really just a day's wage. Just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I, I could probably do without that. I could probably write that off. God's not writing it off. In fact, he's going even above and beyond not writing it off. When that coin is found, when that 20 bucks is found, when that 50 bucks is found, when that whatever it is found, it seems like he's spending the whole thing partying with his neighbors. Going, hey! I found this coin. I found 20 bucks. We found 40 bucks in the yard the other day. Hayden did as he was uh, cleaning up before a, a tailgate. And we didn't throw a party with it. We were just like, oh, we'll kind of throw this someplace. But we weren't. Imagine if we found $1,000. We maybe wouldn't party with it because we would be afraid that somebody would say, that's mine. <laughs> But how often do we write stuff off? How often do we as Christians write off the world because we think that we are too moral, too fancy, too forgiven, too whatever it is, that we cannot be concerned with the lostness of those people over there. Whoever they may be whether they be those rank sinners over there or whether they be uh, those Presbyterians <laughs> or fill in whatever group you want to. You see, because we know a God who is willing to leave the 99 behind and search after the one because we know a God who celebrates in the found drachma that should be 
how we, as His church, His body, approach the world. Because after all, isn't that the difference in Christianity? Isn't the big difference in Christianity as a world religion the fact that we are a redemptive religion? That if you're a Christian, a part of the thing that you celebrate about your understanding of the world and of God is not just that God gave you a bunch of rules to follow so that you could somehow be a better Zen person but rather that God knew that you were lost. And that things out in the world are lost. And that the thing that excites God and the thing that excites us, or at least should excite us, is finding that which is lost. So that when we see something that we can celebrate In the world, we celebrate it. When we see something that is redemptive, we celebrate it. When we see something that God has purchased back for himself, then we celebrate that. That we, our position looking at the world is one that is just waiting in expectation for all that is wrong to be healed. And that we have a part in that beautiful narrative. You know, there's this Sunday in Easter that's called Good Shepherd Sunday. And I kind of laugh looking at these readings at uh, the beginning of the week because, you know, that's Good Shepherd Sunday. It looks like this is Bad Sheep Sunday. But realistically, the the place where we are as saved Christians, and sure, we, we dip into being bad sheep when we sin. But there's something distinct about those of us who are baptized, who are who are, are given the promise of the the gift of God in our salvation and in our renewal and in the Holy Spirit being given to us, is that we, we sort of get this middle position of sheepdogs. Yeah, we're, we're not the good shepherd. We would really be terrible at good shepherd. But sometimes he says, well, yeah, you can be a sheepdog today. You, you can be somebody who's kind of fluffy and cute. <laughs> not very smart. But, but you can, you know, you can kind of run around and you can kind of keep some of the sheep from going astray sometimes. And you can rejoice that all the sheep are together. And you can rejoice when one more comes back in. That's the part of the narrative that we're called into right now. That we get to be that part that rejoices in God's redemption. We get to be the people that rejoices along with the lady who lost the coin. The person who rejoices along with the shepherd who lost the sheep. We're maybe a B character in all of this. But we're an important B character. We're the one who gets invited. We get invited by that lady who lost her coin. Who is God.
we get invited by that shepherd who lost his sheep, who is God. And he says, come. Come to this resurrection that I have prepared for you. Come and let us rejoice. So now, may you this week, may you not be a bad sheep as much as that is possible. But may you recognize that you are invited by the God of the universe into a redemption story that celebrates the redemption of everything around you. And may that story bring you joy and peace. Amen.